phase two, phase three, phase two, phase three again. So we thank God, we thank our authorities for having the wisdom to know exactly what to do. We thank God for protecting the land of Singapore as we continue with the vaccination and the process. And we thank God really for the bonus in our leadership, in our authorities as well. They are willing to continue to confront any hearsays or any uh, you know, fake news. They really come about sharing what they think is necessary. So we thank God for that. If we look at Colossians 2, verse 6, As you therefore, I'll just read it out, As you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise again? We don't take this lightly, that we can gather together in Him today again. We thank Him for His grace and his, for His mercy. Why don't you take a seat today? Amen. So today, um, I'm going to continue the series that Pastor has been sharing with us. Uh, it's Unhindered Access, Intimacy with God. So last week, I'll just do a quick recap. Last week, Pastor was talking about orphan spirit versus the adopted spirit. We are the children of God. All of us are adopted by Him. But many, many times, we are afraid of intimacy because of fear. Just imagine a person who is being adopted. You might be unfamiliar with the parent, unfamiliar with the, the father or the mother who has adopted you. Like Justin, uh, my, my son asked me, uh, what is the meaning of foster child, for example? When you're adopted, there's always going to be a, a period of adapting and slowly understanding. But ultimately, we want to build up the relationship with God. It doesn't come immediately. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's why we come and preach the Word, the truth, that we can rightly divide the Word. When we know Him, when we know the Bible and understand who God really is, that's when we can build up intimacy with each other. And the fear of not know, the fear of the unknown will slowly be diminished. And we want to walk with our Father. Then we can truly call ourselves children of God. No longer children of this world, but children of God. God is always as what Pastor has mentioned last week, trying to prove to the people of Israel that He is faithful. The three journeys He has mentioned, there's a purpose for the wilderness. There's a purpose for every step of the journey that we are on Amen. to be the children of God as the adopted, not an orphan spirit in us. So this week, we are going to talk about another kind of spirit that uh, I feel is very prevalent in the land of Singapore. Uh, we, I heard, uh, you know, last Sunday was PM Lee giving the National Day Rally. And I think he really has the bonus and the courage to talk about very sensitive topics. For those who have watched uh, last week, he talked about race and religion, which is very difficult to talk about. Not every leaders want to talk about the hard truth. But I thank God we have leaders who are willing both spiritually and uh, circularly, who is willing to talk about it. So today, we will talk about this spirit called the Martha spirit. How many, have, how many of you have heard of the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible? They are very familiar characteristic, uh, characters, and uh, we are going to talk about them. So the title of the message today is Choosing Intimacy with God. Ultimately, 
intimacy is a choice. It does not, will not, cannot be automatic in every relationship we have, even as the adopted spirit that we have. No intimacy will happen when you are in a relationship with God. You cannot say, I marry my wife, automatically we have intimacy. No. I learned the hard way. It does not happen that. So I've been married, you know, 15 years. Intimacy does not come automatically. It requires hard work, just like every relationship that we have. We are not talking about superficial relationship. We are talking about in-depth relationship. So it's never based on luck. So today's key verse, which I'm always going to come back uh, throughout the whole sermon, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Can you turn with me? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Okay, I'll read it. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into the house. You can underline that. Martha welcomed him into the house. Next verse. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You can underline that entire verse. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was, you can underline that as well. And then she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve me alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Please underline, therefore, uh, tell her to help me. And verse 41, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you can underline, you can be sure when God calls you twice, Abraham, Abraham, Simon, Simon, Jacob, Jacob, and Martha, Martha, it's not, a, it's not for fun. So Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Worried, you can underline that. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part. Underline, Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Amen. Today we are going to talk about the entire uh, scripture here, Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42, and every underlying thing, we are really going to go in-depth and understand what is this thing about the martyr spirit. Let me give you some context. Jesus came to Bethany. Bethany is about, uh, in the Bible, it says two miles away from Jerusalem, according to John chapter 11. Uh, just outside Jerusalem, and Jesus actually go there quite often. And Jesus has a good relationship with three people, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And we learned that uh, in Lazarus, John chapter 11 and 12, we heard of that uh, when he was, I mean, he fell sick and he died as well. So I want you to look at John, is not, John chapter 11 verse 5 to give you some context of God's relationship with these three individuals. John chapter 11 verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This love, when I check it up, uh, defined is agapo. It's the highest form of love. It is the same love translation in John 3.16, which all of you are aware of. And Matthew 22-27, love the Lord your God. Jesus loved this three individual. So we can be sure of their relationship with God. We can be very assured that they are God. Jesus really loved all of them. And they all live in the same household. 
So the first person to greet is Martha. We'll talk a little bit about the character of Martha. And then after greeting, going, going back, in, just imagine the scenario with me, going back to the house, welcome him, welcome him in, then Martha become, uh, do the housework, maybe prepare the dinner, somebody must prepare the food, and then Mary chose to sit and listen to what God wants to say, and fellowship with God. And the funny part is, Martha then looked at her sister and what, what made me really uh, felt very strange is, how come, I ask, this is how I ask myself, how come Martha don't go and tell Mary, hey Mary, come and help me. Mary, come and help me. You know, uh, Jesus is there. But he instead goes to the Lord, means he goes to the guest. It says in chapter, uh, verse 40, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So it made me really wonder why Martha don't go and talk to Mary and because they are family, right? And this is a guest. Why does he go straight? Hey, Lord, why you don't scold her? Why you don't tell her to do something? So it tells us a lot of things. We're going to talk about it later. So just to give you some context. But instead, look at what Jesus said in verse 42. Uh, verse 41 and 42. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. And we can know that Jesus has actually corrected Martha, and we are going today to talk about the Martha spirit. Okay? So many of us struggle with the Martha spirit, especially in the land of Singapore, with all the hustling and the bustling and the, the thing that we need to do all the time. There's always things to do all the time. There are careers to chase, exams to study for, work to be completed, projects to do. For those at home, chores never end. And then there will always be people that you want to impress, KPIs you need to hit, performance to be accomplished. Does this, does this sound familiar? Extremely familiar, right? We are all so well attuned. All of us have something to do. But it boils down to what do we prioritize that is important. All of us have the same 24-7, 24 hours, 7 days a week. All of us have the same time. You don't have 25 hours, you have 24 hours. Same as me. All of us live in the land of Singapore. All of us have the same struggles and the same concern. I just want to look at uh, uh, when I was reading uh, the, the, the National Day Rally, it reminded me of the pledge. For those of you who knows the Singapore pledge, part of it is to build a democratic society based on justice and equality so as to achieve happiness, prosperity, and progress for our nation. So we are so ingrained in based on justice and equality. Look at the mother spirit. He told he told, he told the Lord, hey, not fair, you know. <laughs> not fair, you know. He's very self, uh, she's very self-righteous and that has probably been built up into her to have this spirit of always hustling and bustling even though she went out of the house to immediately welcome. But then this, the relationship stopped short at there. Instead of communing, instead of talking and spending time with God, immediately the, the, the doing mentality comes in. The, I do, but not fair, I proclaim, hey, not right. We love to do that, right? 
We love to do that in our workplace, in our exams, in our schools, in everywhere we go. So same, we have, it's quite prominent in Singapore that we have this mother spirit. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, can I have the, the, the table? The table. The first table. Yes, correct. I'll just deep dive a little bit verse by verse uh, as best as I can, okay? So let's have a checklist of um, what happened throughout the whole verse, 38 to 42. Who is the well who welcome to the house? Martha. Jesus, uh, sitting at Jesus' feet. Mary, serve Jesus. Martha, wow, sounds good, right? Serve Jesus. Martha, uh, ask the Lord for justice and equality. Martha, and who is the one who chosen the good part? Uh, Mary, I think this scripture really symbolizes the way we have a relationship with Jesus in our life. Because from a, a Singapore point of view or from a Martha point of view, if I look at this, I'm a go. Three out of two. To me, Martha wins. Correct? Am I right? I'm a go, I'm a go, I'm a green go. To me, if I do checklist style, Tick, 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 this work is done, this KPI is made, this performance is done. We are all so familiar, right? This exam is done. Tick, 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 four out of five, pass, good. 80%. So, oh, mother, sui, very nice. But is that the point? Are we missing something that is so important that we forgot it is not performance? Pastor, last week, talk about it. It's not performance-based when you have the adopted spirit, it is grace-based. It is never performance-related. If we have to do to gain salvation, I think we are on the wrong track. The Bible never says that. We have to be focused on God, but salvation comes from grace alone. And you remember that Martha actually invited Jesus to the house. Then when Jesus came in, she began to do all these little things. Our relationship with Jesus is actually to invite Him into our hearts. Revelation uh, 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to Him and dine with Him and He with me. Jesus wants to commune with us. Amen. This metaphor is similar to our life being a house and our heart being the door. Jesus Christ is always standing at the door. He's omnipresent. He's all-knowing and all-powerful. He's just waiting for us to open the door. It says, if anyone hear my voice and open the door, those are choices we have to make. Not a one-off choice upon salvation, but a daily, daily occurrence. Even repentance is not a one-off repentance you know, upon following the, the, the gospel. But it's a daily thing that we have to go about doing it. This is how a relationship is built. It is not built based off one-off, side paper, marry my wife, that's it, intimacy automatically. No, I wish it is, but I got scolded for 15 years. Cannot be, right? So it is not. God invite us to, to, to dwell in Him and to be with Him because ultimately, true rest, Pastor mentioned it last week, true rest comes from having a relationship with God. Amen. If we want to have true rest, it is ultimately having a relationship with God. 
Matthew 11, 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and, have a, and, a, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The true rest is in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to talk a little bit about this part. Now, we are all, those who are born again, understand what's the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. It is to convict us and to let us know what to do. Now, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 26 to 27, it says, but the help, John 14, verse 26 to 27, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has sent in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. Sometimes I have a puny brain. Sometimes I cannot remember everything that God speaks to us. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will bring about conviction that you have never, you can never understand intellectually or logically. Because if I continue the verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world give do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. Just now, if you look back, Luke chapter 10, verse, 30, uh, verse 40, 41. Martha is troubled by many things. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. God knows all of us to a certain extent, to a certain uh, situation and a season in life, we will be troubled. There will be trouble. It's not saying that when you are a believer, when you're a Christian, there's no more, everything is good, sorry, that is not the good news I'm here to say, but the good news is found in Jesus Christ. So, there will be trouble. And Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus wants to live in us, with us, and He's there all the time. We ultimately cannot have a relationship with God if we don't open the door to our hearts with Him. So again, our reiterate intimacy is always based on our choice. Amen. amen. Can I have an amen? Amen in Jesus' name. So when we choose to believe every word that is being preached to us from the Word of God, from Scripture, we also need to agree with the Word. Faith alone cannot just it's not just enough. We need to know and agree. This agreement will bring about conviction. And with the conviction, we have to make a choice, right? I cannot say I believe in the gospel. That's it. I still need to follow, be obedient to His plan of salvation. We have a UTB series for those who are new. Uh, you know, we have a 10 to 12 weeks a UTB series. If you are interested to know more about the Bible, I can't do it in this sermon, but... Please join us if you are interested online or here or any guests. Please join us uh, to embark on a wonderful journey that will, the truth will set you free because it has done it to me. Amen. So we are all the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have to choose not just faith alone. We have to choose to obey the word and make the choice to open the doors to our heart. Intimacy is a choice that I must make. It is never automatic. When we are saved, we receive God's Spirit. He will come into our life. And intimacy is slowly but surely occurring. But we don't want to not dwell in the presence of God. Martha, probably at that point in time, chose not to dwell in the presence of God in the living room there. All of us as believers, because Jesus said He already loved Martha and the sister and Lazarus. He did not say love Mary and 
and the sister. It says, love Martha, uh, the sister, and Lazarus. So we know God loves all of us as children of God. So if the love is already there, we as believers, as disciples, need to make the choice consciously every single day to have this relationship with God. You know, uh, this is another context. So in Jesus' time, not everybody will eat with everybody. Apparently, in Jerusalem time, different people of different social status sit together. The Romans sit together, the Pharisees eat together. It is a big sin to eat with tax collectors. Amen? But look at what our Lord Jesus Christ likes to do. Okay, I'll talk about a little bit about the story of uh, Zac Zacchaeus, if I'm not, yeah, Zacchaeus. He is the chief tax collector, the head of the head, the boss of the boss. So he chose to spend time with these people. So right now, it's the same thing, right? I'll just read the, I'll read the scripture first. Luke 19, verse 5 to 10. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have anything from anyone, by false accusation, I restore fourfold. This is the, this is the verse. Luke chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus Christ came to seek and save all of us, irregardless of our status, of our works, of our accomplishment, of our performance. We think we need to do well first. We need to get our house straight and tidy and be ready to serve before God look at us. And we have this mentality. Probably Martha has this mentality as well. God already invites us to have communion with Him. We don't have to worry about that because He loved us first. Again, intimacy is a choice. I cannot keep reiterating that. It is never casual. It is never by coincidence. It is never doing it just uh, by luck. It is always about hard choices. Remember just now I talked about, I watched the National Day Rally by PM Lee last week. I want to quote, I purposely move back and want to quote something that he says about race, harmony, racial harmony. I believe it mirrors every relationship, father and child, grandparents and children, brother and sisters, friends at school. Intimacy does not, I'll paraphrase him, huh? intimacy, he says racial harmony does not, da, da, da. I'll say intimacy does not happen spontaneously. It takes hard work, yes. sacrifice, and wisdom. Amen. Amen. And I thought that's really powerful. And it mirrors every relationship out there. It is not fun, fun, play, play. But it requires a lot of work. We don't go around seeing the good news that are being preached. We go around seeing uh, uh, relationships being broken up. And those are all published, right? You see that uh, this broke up with who, and then this marriage breakup whatsoever. Even PM Lee mentioned it. 
they tried to tell good stories and make it viral. It never does. But everybody wants to hear the breakups, the this with this don't work anymore. Because those sell, right? Those sell clicks. I know how advertisement work as well. But good news of people spending time together, helping each other, those things never hit the headlines. I didn't say this. Huh? Please go and watch the National Day Rally, the last part. Good stories never become viral. They tried. If the government of Singapore, with the whole resource that they have, tried and failed, what more about the people of God, right? What more about all of us believers when we want to say, hey, we can trust in a God that in, in whom we serve. Right. But this news, this good news don't get about out there because the world, we are going to talk about it, there are many lies and deception from the enemy that clouds our thought, the atmosphere that we are in. That's why it's so important that we can gather here today to welcome the presence of God when two or three gather in the name there He is in the midst of us. Amen? Amen? So intimacy does not equals to a lot of things that we have to do. It is always, it is, intimacy is not uh, transactional. Yes, I want to say this. Intimacy is never, never transactional. It is always based on a relationship with God. It is never automatic but it is always available. Don't be confused by that. Just because it is not automatically there, don't let anybody tell you that you can never have intimacy, inter intimate relationship with anybody. It is always there because Christ first loved us. He already loved us and we are the children of God already. So ultimately, it is not God going to make, oh, maybe I like these children, I don't like these children. I like this. No, God loved all of us as little children. The Bible says God loved the little children. But ultimately, if that is already set in stone as a promise from God, then we ultimately have to make the choice, right? It's we who makes the choice. We open the doors to our heart to turn to Him. God chose intimacy with us. Now, when I, at the start when I was a young believer, I could not understand this concept. Because he is the God, I was taught he's the God of the universe, right? Why would a God of the universe with so many things to do, right? Just like I think of, a, because I can only relate with CEO or president or prime ministers, you know. My mind is so minute, right, at the start. So how can these people want to have an intimacy with a nobody? If I'm the prime minister of Singapore, I can phantom logically in my mind, I cannot have an intimacy with everybody here. Because 7 million people, how can I do it, right? So, and that inhibits and hindered my relationship with the authorities. And I don't understand this, but our God is omnipresent and all-knowing and everywhere. Each of us can have and will have a relationship with Him that can be built on true intimacy. He will give us rest, not the world will give us rest. Because the world will give us void and we will want to fill the void in our hearts with the things that we do, with the performance that we do. That's the life from the enemy. We want to turn to Him and have the, 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 the rest that is from our relationship with Him. Mary and Martha, I, I don't want to uh, put this sermon to totally badmouth Martha. I want to have a little look 
and Mary first before I talk about uh, Martha in the bulk of it. Can I have uh, the other table, please? The other table. Yes. Okay. A couple of points that I try my best to write it down, okay? So let's do a compare and contrast. I'm so go, right? Compare and contrast Mary and Martha. Mary likes to sit and listen. Martha, doer and goer. I'm not saying what is good, what is bad. Huh? Just, I'm just listing it down. Mary, seemingly lazy, seems idle. Martha, very diligent. Wow, Singapore-like, super diligent. Mary is so quiet. The one who welcome is Martha, welcome. Mary knows how to prioritize and focus on the things that matters. Martha is sociable. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Sociable. And the last part, Mary is relational. And it seems from the scripture that Martha is easily distracted. So with this table, right, what I'm trying to say is Mary and Martha are by no means perfect people. That's what I'm trying to drive at. If we need to be perfect to be safe, none of us will be safe. I can guarantee that because none of us are perfect. We don't have to be good to be safe. We are safe and then we can choose to walk with Christ to make the decisions that truly matter. When Jesus comes into our heart, we can choose this intimacy with Him. We don't need to choose, oh, I must be a Mary after this sermon. Die, die must be. No. You will get what I'm saying. The true, uh, the true way of walking is it takes diligent faith to be a good Christian. Mary is relationship-focused, but in a discipleship lifestyle, we need to have both Mary, Martha lifestyle to lead a real discipleship lifestyle. They are not perfect, so need, yeah, yes, correct. A discipleship lifestyle is a Mary, Martha lifestyle. We need to know what truly is important. And Mary has chosen the good part. Mary knows to sit down and to focus relationship, uh, relationally with Jesus. And he, she has chosen the good part. But many times in Singapore, Unfortunately, we focus on a lot on the martyr side because we know that we just need to keep doing and doing and doing and doing. I read about a book called uh, Un Unhurried Life. Singapore is an unhurried it's a hurried society, no matter how you want to say it. There's always a lot of things to do. We hurry through everything we do and at the expense of performance, I'm not saying economic growth is not good. We 56 years, we get to where we are, not by chance. PM Lee said, by hard work, by diligence. But through it all, we focus a lot. We lost a lot of focus on having relationship right. with each other. Throughout it all, relationship is not being able to nurture and not able to understood because all of us is just hustling and bustling. There's a lot of things, there's just so many things to do. And this uh, hurried life allows us not to have an unhurried conversation with each other. And that's what that's what's really matter when we build relationship. We just say, hi, bye, okay, go to work, come to school, come back, eat, bye-bye, good night. And then repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. It's just the way that the society has happened. I'm not saying it's wrong. It requires hard work. It requires a martyr spirit to accomplish what we have accomplished. But we can choose to start every day with a Mary spirit in our heart. 
we can always be thankful of God and know that He is the one who actually watched over us. We just want to thank Him. Just now I read Colossians 2, uh, verse 4, verse Colossians 2, Colossian 2, verse 6. As you therefore has received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in Him. It's an everyday occurrence. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. We really want to thank God every single day. We struggle with the Mary spirit because Martha's spirit is so much more relatable. In Singapore, all of us in the public school system, for those Singaporeans are based here, right? Immediately, you are being taught, study hard, work hard, study hard, work hard, study hard, work hard. Uh, play hard only came pretty much recently. Study hard, work hard, pray hard, play hard. But then what, what about pray hard, right? Pray, P-R-A-Y. That is never mentioned. Nobody mentioned that. It's always work hard, play hard. Now, now it's work hard, play hard. But where is pray hard, right? P-R-A-Y. And we just go about this mentality and mindset in everything we do. Likewise, in ministry as well. Unfortunately, we have this mentality because in my work, I know I must work hard, do hard, get result. Work hard, do hard, get result. And I will probably equate, okay, when I'm in this ministry, when I'm doing the things of God, I must work hard, work hard do hard, and then uh, get results, and then have fruits. But you know those fruits might not be what God wants you to bear. Some says, right, uh, some says, unless the Lord builds, we labor in vain. And if we continue to have this mentality, only mother, no Mary, we do everything by our own performance. This is what I always speak to myself because I was a self-made man myself. If I do everything, then to Chris be the glory, right? Cannot be, right? It's ultimately to God be the glory, right? If I'm so perfect, uh, Chris means, I, my name is Chris, uh, so I didn't pronounce wrongly. So I'm just trying to say, so, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. We really have to understand we don't labor because this will be in vain and the fruits that we produce might not be what God wants us to produce. We might be producing bad apples and we don't even know. And we see that many fruit. Wow, good, shock. I'm a good, I'm a good martyr with a good performance, performance base. And then we go down, all the deception that's going to happen. So at the gist of it, this verse, uh, Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42, we need to have both Mary and Martha's spirit, Amen. but Mary comes first. Mary always come first. So in the morning, when we wake up, instead of you know, hustling and bustling immediately, we can always sit down at the feet of Jesus and begin our talk with Him, begin our relationship with Him. Before, before we set about the motion of our daily life, we can always come to Him boldly with the throne of grace and thank Him first, no matter what sort of day it is, no matter what the next 24 hours is going to bring, I thank Him first. Because that is the key. Imagine, I always tell myself, imagine if we are, you know, have a sentence that says, Dr. Uh, Chris, you have uh, you know, one week to leave. Do we really focus on the things that matter? Or do we still go about hustling and bustling the things that don't matter? Will we start to be more thankful of every single part of Him. You know, when we are sick, right, sometimes, oh, this sickness is so bad, I cannot do anything. But sometimes I feel, sometimes, 
God wants us to slow down a little bit, spend time to talk to Him, to know exactly what to do. Okay, uh, I'll talk a little bit about uh, something that Mary doesn't have, diligence. Oh, okay. Mary doesn't really have, uh, it's not very diligent. Uh, Martha is much more diligent. But we have to make the decision to either be just a doer or really be looking at sitting at Jesus' feet and spend time to talk to God because it is our choice. Yes, we can be diligent in all the things that we do, but we don't want to bear wrong fruit. Psalms, uh, no, Proverbs 3.5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. If I lean on my own understanding and with my diligent spirit to do it, then I'm going to birth all sorts of funky and funny, funny stuff that's going to happen. But I want to start the day and thank God and lead, ask Him to lead me to do what I need to do for the day, for the week, every single day. Because then, His burden is easy, His yoke is light. If I start the day kanjong already, right? Anxious already, then I carry my own burden and I carry this burden full of rocks and every single day without thanking Him, my burden will get heavier and heavier and heavier. And you know what's going to happen? We start to blame God. God, you give me this bag of burden, so heavy. Cannot be, right? It's not the, the, the burden that we, God has given to us. We never really talk to Him. We never really spend time with Him. We never really have that peace that He promised to give us. And we actually never really had the rest. Because we never spent time with Him. We never chose to have intimacy with Him. And that's where all the lies come in. And it's very easy when we don't know the Word of God, when we don't spend time in the presence of God, we open up uh, holes in our heart, we open up uh, gateways in our heart for the enemy to speak. Just like what the serpent speaks to Eve. It's always a question. The enemy will not tell you, tat, 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 full stop. He will always plant thoughts in your mind to have deception first. But, amen, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with eagle wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Everything we do should begin in the presence of God. And it is a choice that we have to make to begin the day with a merry spirit and then continue in our diligence like what Martha does. Okay, the next aspect which is very important about uh, intimacy. Just now we talked about uh, Mary and Martha compare and contrast. This fact is intimacy is not just a choice. It is never going to be possible until our life is simple. Okay? Jesus said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about Mary thing. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I want to tell you that from experience, if you are super complicated, super, super complicated, sometimes we can put our relationship status as complicated, right? Oh my gosh. Our relationship is complicated. If we have and continue to have that mindset, then our relationship with God will be as complicated as you want it to be. But from God's point of view, it is never complicated. 
God's point of view, He already loved us that He died for us on the cross. We don't have to overcomplicate things. And we love to overcomplicate things. We just love it. Our rest is found in God by having a relationship with Him. If we overcomplicate everything, let me give you an analogy, uh, a real-life uh, situation. So I've done NS. Uh, I'm the lowest rank. I'm a corporal. For those who don't know corporal, it's uh, just a little bit above recruit. Then we have sergeant. We have the officers. So I'm just a corporal. I'm a man, uh, basically. I'm a soldier. I'm a trooper. So uh, when I was in army, when I was a man as a trooper, uh, because before that, we were studying, studying, right, with all the CCAs and the exports and all the activities and the committees that we need to take part in. But when I went in, I got a culture shock. First, I was a recruit, the lowest existence in Singapore. Then I got promoted to, uh, I don't know how many jama, become a corporal. I was a lance corporal, then become a corporal. So still one of the lowest ranking. Uh, so, but the good thing is, I didn't know the good thing, but now I reflect upon it. My life is so simple. My sergeant and my officer tell me to do this, I do this. Tell me to do that, I do that. I don't even think because I don't need to use my brain. They okay, how many corporals here? Maybe I'm the only one. I know a lot of, of high-ranking people here. So they tell me to do what, I do what. After doing, we go back and sleep. I can tell you, I have true rest. I really have true rest. There's no A-level to study. There's no diploma to study. There's no uh, just pending to go university. Nothing to do what? I just have rest. I just tell them, okay, go up, go and eat, go and march, go and clean toilet, go. Do finish, go back, bang, sleep. That point in time, I have true rest. No, 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 no. This is very, uh, and then this spoke to me. I told myself back then, yes, I may have rest but I have no freedom and liberty. I cannot do anything I want to do because I'm so lowly, right? I'm now under uh, oppression. I felt that I'm under oppression. That I felt that I cannot choose to have freedom. But do you know, all of us has freedom. And in the land of Singapore, by the culture and atmosphere we have, we have so much choices to make. So much choices to make that makes our lives so complicated. Now, a poor person doesn't have much choice. They eat the rice, they have the rice. Back in our old days, when my family lived in the village, we eat what we have. But when you have so many stuff and things in life, okay, you start to eat, I want to eat this Michelin star, I want to eat this crab, I want to eat this steamboat. Ah, so many choices, I don't know what to eat. But when you are poor, have you ever thought, rice with soya sauce is good enough? Life is totally not complicated. Yeah. And when it's not complicated, I have lived it before. I found I didn't know God back then in the army, but I truly have good rest. I sleep well, then I go out, book out, I very refreshed one. I can do whatever I want on Saturday. Then go back again. Back then, my mindset was, oh, I was really oppressed. I don't have the freedom to choose what I want. But now on hinder side, this freedom, perceived freedoms, comes with a choice. Comes, comes with a baggage of complication in our life. Amen. A lot of complication in our life. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. If he cannot deny us things, he will give us everything. That's what he tempted, the devil. He tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness. I can give you everything. When you have everything, you have many, many choices to make.
And when you have many, many choices to make, things become complicated. When things are complicated, you can never have true intimacy with God because you already complicate things by, by everything you can choose. Oh, I want to choose this person, this person, this person, this person. I, I don't know. I want to choose to eat this or eat this or this. God will give us rest and He has already promised us rest. We don't have to worry about that. We need to live a life that... I'm not saying you live a life is simple, go back and eat rice only and throw away everything. I'm not saying that. But the concept is what I'm trying to tell you. If we live a simple life, a contented life, godliness with contentment is of great gain. If we live that life, we will know exactly what to do. God doesn't give us too many commandments too. Love the Lord, love our neighbour. Nothing complicated, but we make everything so complicated. And as I said, probably in a third world country, uh, the enemy will speak voices, you don't have this, you don't have this. But in a developed country like us, we have all sorts of choices. You want butter, me, hokkien, me, everything also can choose, right? Things are just so much more complicated. But if we focus and choose to live the contented life, then we will know what is important. We don't have to... Uh, we don't have to show to this person, oh, I have this car, oh, I have that car, oh, I compare here and there, I compare. It never ends. And unfortunately, in the land of Singapore, that is true. You know, uh, for Singaporeans here, uh, if you're a foreigner, I'll explain. Uh, we have two key concepts, two Ks, Kiasu and Kiasi, right? Kiasu is scared to die. Uh, Kiasu is scared to lose. Kiasi is scared to die. They are actually built, I pride upon it. We pride ourselves upon it, but actually it's being built based on fear. We are so fearful that we worry much. Jesus said, we worry much. That's why he said Martha is very similar to us living in this land of Singapore. We actually worry much over complicated things and make everything so difficult. And that's what the enemy will try to do to us here. Uh, in uh, verse, this is another key verse of today's sermon, Mark chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. Mark chapter, yes, Mark chapter 4, verse 18 to 20. Now, these are the ones sold among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good grounds. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 34, some 64, and some 104. Jesus is sowing seeds in our life. He's trying to knock at our door the heart of our door and ask us to heal Him, to commune with Him, to spend time with Him. It's never about all these things. See, it's either the enemy give you just one choice and the enemy just either take you, take the choice away or bombard you with so many choices that you don't know what to choose. There's so much chaos. It's so much difficult to do. He just, bam, give you a buffet. How many of you go to buffet? Very troubled one. I don't know what to start first or to eat first, you know. Isn't it easy if you just go to a coffee shop and sit down and order that one food? Less complicated, right? It's so much more easier. And that's what in the land of Singapore, busyness, yes, the word busyness really robs us away because of our self-fulfilling red race that we have built into our entire uh, ecosystem into everything that we do. And sometimes we are being chained by 
all these uh, things that we become dependent. I heard of a story. I think it's a true story. Um, Latin America, right? Uh, they have two colonizers, the Spanish and the Portuguese. I was told that, uh, I mean, I just briefly read, the Spanish came here with militaristic, like, uh, with militaristic choices. They come to Latin America, say, we are the colony, we will kill everybody, kill every native. That is like the devil saying, I take away all your choices. You have no choice but to follow me. Now, the Portuguese took another strategy. They came here to give the native things, to give the natives as much thing as they want, to let them have as many things as they want. But do you know the enemy does that the same? He gives you all the choices, all the riches and the resources that you want. If you think about it, who actually owns you? If you receive everything, who are you actually dependent on? If we are so dependent on the things of the world and forgot about the choices that the choice that God has given us to spend time with Him, we will be so consumed by materialism, by the things of the world, by the deceitfulness of riches that it comes and choke us. The word says, comes and choke us, like the, the, the seed in Mac chapter 4, verse 19. The cares of the world comes and choke us. When we have everything, actually we have nothing. So, yeah, we have to be very mindful about this entire thing. We need to know that spending time with God is ultimately a journey, but not a destination. It never stops. And we have to know that we can always enjoy His presence Always, nothing can fill our heart more than He can fill us up. Absolutely nothing. And Martha, the life has been so complicated by what she has to do in the house to serve Jesus Christ. She forgot about spending time. She forgot about uh, the, the, the things that she has been... She, she actually knows, I guess, in a way, that Jesus really loved, but she probably worried about many things, about this, about that, and just couldn't enjoy the simplicity of life, just sitting there, fellowshipping with God. We really, really forget that what truly matters is, and I said, and I said just now, Satan's job is to make our life as complicated or take away choices. In this place, unfortunately in Singapore, he gave us so many things to look at. Now, the deceitfulness of riches, chapter four, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 18 to 20, right? We're going to talk about what the enemy has spoken, lies into our life to tell us that it is impossible, that it is very difficult. Okay, line number one. Yes, line number one, it says, I cannot sit down right now. There's so much things to do, but... As soon as I get everything done, then I'm going to sit down. We are thinking, we are being deceived into thinking that there's so many, many things to do that I cannot stop. But in the truth of reality is we will never, never, never stop. Because there's the next project, the next work, the next exam, the next task to do, the next chore to do. It will never end. We have ultimately deliberately choose to stop naturally. Let's choose to stop purposefully. We have to prioritize and know what truly matters in eternity. 
we cannot just think that, oh, there will be a time to rest. There will never, never be a time to rest. We have to cast our cares to the Lord. If there's a lot of things that we need to do, we have to turn to God and cast our cares to Him. No issue is bigger than our God. No problems and no worries is bigger than Him. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon Him. For He cares for us. The Creator of the universe cares for us. I don't have to go about hustling and bustling and doing all these things. We just need to focus on God and have a good relationship with Him. That is where intimacy can then be birthed. And actually, that is the greatest gift we can give to our children and our children's children when we have an intimate relationship with God. Not all these things that we have planned for our kids. I'm not saying it's bad. But if we go about doing so many things and then just sit down once I'm done, but have a broken relationship with Christ and we pass it down to the next generation upon the next generation, then what's going to happen? They're going to see that and understand, oh, I must do da 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 then take a rest. But then that might be too late, right? One of the reasons that we keep ourselves really busy, this is what uh, also stood out to me, we actually don't dare, don't want to look at God privately in, 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 with the void of everything. We don't dare to sit down in the presence of God and let everything be poured out. We have shoes that we have yeah. built up. We have strongholds that we have built up because intellectually, for me, for example, I know if I were to choose to slow down, I have to lay everything bare. I will be naked as what Adam has said. Oh, I realize that I'm naked in front of the Lord. And if I have a performance-based mindset, I know I'll be in trouble and I know I would not, God will not like me. I'm going to be punished. Because we read in the first, uh, in, in, in the Old Testament, that so many judgment, right? Judgment, 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 judgment. But we forgot. God always gave mercy first. Why do we only focus on the bad things? Why do we always focus on the bad stories? It is there. But God extends mercy first, before everything. So we may be afraid, this is for me, to lay bare, to, slow, to, to choose to slow down and have to lay bare to everything. What are we hiding? What are we afraid to knock, to talk to God about? But we can be comforted that He already knows every situation in our life. We can be assured that He knows every aspect and everything that we do. He's just waiting for us to commune with Him and that we can talk to Him and let Him refresh us. Let Him take on His yoke, which is easy, and His burden, which is light. And in Him, then we can find true peace. Amen. Lie number two that the enemy does and try to do. God's comfort, yes. God's comfort level for me and approval is based on service and my spiritual performance. Now, if we continue to have this mindset, and it's very prevalent because we just do, 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 right? We just keep doing non-stop and we just keep, keep working upon our salvation. But we forgot that we are saved by grace and not by works. We need to know exactly what we are doing for. We need to know that we are being saved independent of works, that nothing we do can change 
our relationship with God. Titus 2, verse 11, Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should soberly, righteously and godly. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. As disciples of Christ Jesus, we need to know that we are already first loved by God, no matter what we do. Martha's spirit that we have is being perceived as, uh, just now that word, sitting is sinning and work is worth. And that is so ingrained in our life that performance is all that matters. That service unto the Lord is all that matters. Yes, it matters, but that's not the whole thing that matters. We need to know that we first must have an intimacy with God. We first must have this relationship with God that will then propel us. Armed with a Mary spirit, then a mother spirit will enhance our walk with God. So whatever we do, we do it in His glory. This lie speaks out a lot to me because... Uh, uh, I didn't know this. Recently, uh, I started a new work. I started a new job and I worked long hours. Then my wife commented, hey, I'm a workaholic, you know. So I just keep working and working. I never knew I was a workaholic until I started this new role that I just keep working and working and working. I work past, I, I start work before official hour. I end work before official hour. Or I work after official hour. How many people do that? We work uh, longer than official hour. And it's like, oh my gosh. And we work and work and work. And I would have perceived, hey, I'm bearing fruit. Lord. But ultimately, fruitfulness, true fruitfulness comes from God. We cannot focus on what we do and then get the fruit that we think that we want. But ultimately, unless the Lord built, we labor in vain. Amen. Now, lie number three. Lie number three. Yes. I have so many things to do that I cannot afford to spend unproductive time with the Lord. Oh, this one. Oh, I have so many things to do that I cannot spend unproductive time with the Lord. Me and my wife is very different. Again, I'm a workaholic. She likes to spend quality, quiet time. I thought that is totally unproductive time. Okay, 15 years of marriage, too many arguments on that. Now I agree with her, that is important. But at the start of the relationship, I thought that is just so stupid, right? You spend time doing nothing. Does not gel with a green and gold person like me. Uh, for, for those who did colors. Lah. So it doesn't make any logical sense. Why do you spend time doing nothing, just spending quality time? I perceive that as you are totally unfruitful. You are totally wasting youth away. How wrong was I? We will always constantly fight. And then we get into all sorts of trouble, right? But God wants us to spend time at His feet, talking to Him, letting Him hear our voice, letting Him know what we are doing and sharing our thoughts, every thought, every intimate little detail with Him. But we are so filled with Stress. We are so filled with so many things that we need to, again, hurry life, right? We just go about doing everything. Relationship takes time. If I continue to believe in this lie, then I will never spend time to build relationship. 
because it seems totally unproductive. You will never see the fruit of a relationship being born until you choose, deliberately choose to spend time with somebody, with God, to choose to have that intimacy. You cannot say, I'll choose to spend one minute with you. Let's talk. Come on, let's talk. Talk, 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 talk finish. I need to go about doing productive things. I've wasted one minute of my time. No, that's not the way it works in a relationship. We need to know that what seems unproductive in our eyes is totally fruitful and productive in God's eyes. He knows what truly matters and we need to know what truly, truly matters. Not just going about, you know, hustling and bustling and doing things that is necessary. We are so afraid to just quiet down that we will never slow down. And this is something I heard. If we never slow down, we will not be able to pay attention to our hearts and to God. And we might consciously or subconsciously allow busyness to be a medication, to be a camouflage, to prevent us from going into any relationship. I'm not even just talking with God. Any relationship, father and children, mother and children, friends, husband and wife, any relationship. Because ultimately, we abuse our time. We have abused our time. What we have perceived as unproductive, we are actually abusing it and not using it for the kingdom, for His glory. There's no real intimacy in our marriage if we don't have unhurried conversation. This is what I read from the book. If everything we talk is factual, if everything that God, if everything that we think that God wants to talk to us is today weather not bad, today I will not make it rain. Okay, that's about it. Today you eat ready or not? Are you ready? Okay. No, that's not what God wants to do, right? God wants to speak to us every little part. Are you hurting somewhere? How is your relationship with this person? How are you doing in your life? What offense and what unforgiveness you have? In you. This is the things that truly, truly matters. But in a hurried life that we have, we lose all sense of relationship, of friendship as well. We lose sense of what is important. And you know our life in Singapore super fast. The pace of life in Singapore is the top few in the world. Super fast. When I, I mean just comparing when I went to Australia, like Australia, life is so much slower that I couldn't. I went there for a holiday. I couldn't understand why are people so slow. I need to be hustling and bustling, you know. I need to be going about doing. You just tell me, you know, sit there, do nothing. Oh, cannot, cannot, cannot. Sit there, do nothing doesn't gel with me naturally because, I mean, of my natural temperament. But then I realized I have to naturally choose. But because I carry that mindset in me, I apply it to every relationship I have. Dot, 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 and move on. Dot, 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 and move on. That's not the way. It takes time to nurture every relationship. Unfortunately, we have allowed the deception of life, of busyness, to prevent us from pursuing God. Jeremiah 6.16. Jeremiah 6.16 says it this way. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the way and see, and ask for the old path, where the good way is. Life is simple. And walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul, but they say we will not walk in it. I mean, and it, it will go, go and talk about the judgment that God is going to give. But God has already given us the rest, given us the promise, the rest of our soul. We have to choose to walk in it or not. 
ultimately, it is very important for us to choose what truly, truly matters. Line number four, I'm going to close soon. Since my, bus- yes. Since my business and my spiritual service are enabling others to receive ministry, God will understand one. God approve, it's okay. I'm doing God's work. No problem. I'm doing God's work. Now, this is another lie of the mother spirit. I thought that by what I do, I don't have to care about, uh, I don't have to spend too much time. Like uh, parents in the old time, I'm not saying they are, they are wrong, but they didn't understand. Uh, in Hokkien, they say, Zai Jiu Ho. Meaning, uh, translate, a parent will tell us, uh, as long as you know can already. Yeah, I won't talk to you, spend time talking to you, but as long as you know I love you, without no communication at all, but I put food on the table, I, I make sure you have education, you know can already. Uh, translate, uh, just translate it. But that does not allow us to have a relationship with Him. That is just always thinking, I need to uh, plan for retirement, I need to make sure my children have enough education, I need to actually go about doing what needs to be done. But actually, by this, we are not having the correct relationship with God and we are actually choosing to stay out of the presence of Christ. And when the presence of Him uh, is no longer with us, we start to lean on unbelief, lean on self-righteousness, and all these things will come into play. I cannot tell my wife, uh, I tried, uh, I cannot tell my wife. Uh, so I'm going to work, I'm going to earn money, everything you do, you do yourself. You know I'm, do, I, you know I'm doing the best for, for, the, for the family, so I'm going to earn a living. It's you whole can already. Cannot. Why I know? Because I've been scolded before. So it is never about just doing that. Your wife, your husband, uh, your parents wants to spend time. And we need to choose to want to spend time with our family. It's all about, you know, I like to talk about tithing because tithing is never about the money per se, but everybody likes to put tithing just about the money. Tithing is about telling God our heart, telling God what truly, truly matters. It's never being forced. God will never ever force us to love Him. God will never ever force us to follow Him. God will never force or take away choices that uh, we cannot do. We cannot, oh, I cannot have fun in my life. I'm so miserable. No. He chose to have a relationship with us that we can do His perfect will that He has for each and every one of us. Serving God does not equal to having a relationship with God. It's not enough. We need to choose to have relationship with God and that's where the rest comes in. Pastor talked about it last week. Being before doing. We don't do, then we be Christian, right? We have to be before doing. We don't go and say that, oh, I must do this, I must do that. But unfortunately, in Singapore, it's uh, the pledge says uh, build a democratic society based on justice and equality. We reward ourselves with the progress and the things that we do and then we forget that, oh no, this, this, this lie is coming that uh, I must do, 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 do. God will know one. God understands everything. What He wants is not the resources or the money that we can give Him. What He wants is our individual walk with Him. That is when our true purpose in life can be made known. The good things are never ever proclaimed. It's always the bad things, right? PMD, I just now already said, it, it's always the bad things that comes up and 
and be manifested. So, relationships are always going to be messy. I just want to end off say, end off by saying, relationships are always going to be messy. Relationships are always going to be very, very difficult. But we have this rest in Jesus as a promise. Can you turn with me to Hebrews 4? Uh, do we have Hebrews 4? I'll end off with this. Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 16. And this is really powerful. Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 16. Let me give you a, a thought that will run through my mind. We have the rest from God as a promise. We have a relationship with Him. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Amen. Amen. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his work, work as God did from his. Amen. We don't have to worry about performance. We don't have to worry about anything we do. But we can be easily fallen away, just like the, the Mark chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, right? That's one of the seeds that's being sowed. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke us. But we can be easily ensnared away. And then if we are not careful, or if we are slack, of, of, or if we are being uh, constantly deceived by the enemy, or if we are not being rooted, we do not know what to do. But thanks God. Thanks be to God. The next verse, Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Look, God already knows each and every struggle that we face in our life. The temptation and the deceitfulness from the enemy. God already knows. Can you, can you agree with me? God knows everything that we are going to go through. These four lies, peanuts, Nothing, right? God already knows what is happening. But we need to know that we can find this rest and this pursuit of rest in Him. It is a promise. Hebrews 4.14 then says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We confess and we trust in Him. We confess that we have a relationship with Him. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in, was in all points tempted as we are. We know that. Yet without sin. Amen. This last verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why don't we stand? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Can we play that, 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 that in the background? Ultimately, and, and show that picture, please. And that picture. Yep, that picture. We want to be rooted in Christ. When we are rooted in Christ, when we have the right foundation, relationship with God, the birthing of the intimacy that we have will result in all these things that comes about. Jeremiah 17, 7, 10 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spread out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat come. And will not fear, I can say, when every storm and every temptation and every situation come. And in uh, Colossians 2, verse 4, Colossians 2, 6 to 8, again I will say, And therefore, having received Christ the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding it with thanksgiving. I think I really... Can you show the picture again? We don't allow fear. 
to form the bedrock and the cornerstone of the roots that we are going to do. Because if we are being built upon fear as the roots, the fruits that we are going to bear will never, never fill us. The void that we have in our life will never be able to be enough. But when we are rooted in Christ, we know that we will not be swayed, just like the man who's, or the tree that's planted by the water with the roots being spread out. No situation and no circumstances will ever be able to deceive us. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind, even to every man give according to his way, according to the fruits of his doing. We all have to choose, not just today on a Sunday, but every single day as well. That we need to choose what truly important our identity is found in Christ. We can hallow His name. He has already given us unhindered access to His presence. Why don't we thank God and pray, Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we thank You, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, Jesus, Lord, we thank You, Lord Jesus, Lord, for everything, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank You, Lord Jesus, Lord, for Your presence, Lord Jesus, Lord, that You dwell in us, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, Lord, you have died for us on the cross, Lord Jesus. Lord. Lord, we can come boldly to you, Lord Jesus, to the throne of grace in time of need, Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord, you know each and every individual here right now, Lord Jesus, and those who are watching online, Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord, we know the cares we care, the cares that we have been carrying, Lord Jesus. Lord. But I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. I just want to choose to thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, and dwell in your presence, Lord Jesus, Lord. I know, Lord Jesus, salvation belongs to you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Holy is your name, Lord Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that I can choose to spend time with you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Sitting at your feet, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you are the chief cornerstone, Lord Jesus, Lord. Being rooted in you, Lord Jesus, our faith is firmly built upon you, Lord Jesus, Lord. That everything we do, therefore, Lord Jesus, Lord, we will not be deceived by the plans of the enemy, Lord Jesus, Lord. We can choose to live the life, Lord Jesus, worthy of your name, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Why don't you continue to pray and thank God for everything, Lord. Why don't you continue to praise His name, Lord Jesus. Hallowed His name, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. I'm going to give you an illustration, okay, of what it looks like to be in the rest in God. Abby, come here. Okay, I know I asked this surprise to you. When you are resting in God, she's busy in her own life and she's trying to make a life for herself. And you know what? She come home broken, tired, disappointed, depressed. The father will grab and say, hey, you're always well loved. Nothing you can do. You are not supposed to carry the burden of purpose. You're not supposed to carry the burden of significance. You're not supposed to carry the burden of security. And because of that, she can find rest. You are Abby. You are always mine. And this is the rest that you can get. This is the rest that I'm going to give you. Because if you don't start off this way, whatever you do will become your idol to try to fill you up. And you'll get intoxicated with that success. And you start to make a living without making a life. And then you know what I realized? And I'm so thankful for my family. They always tell me this, Dad! To you, Dad, 
Let's get out. Dad, we want you. No, 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 no. You're not going to stay at home and go to your conference. <laughs> You're going to do it in the car. I don't care. Just get out with us and let's have fun. Let's, let's, let's get to know each other. Because you know what? At the end of the day, your performance don't mean anything. <laughs> we are a Lee. And that's what's important. Lee's. We got to make time for each other. And that's why I love the pandemic. I don't know about you. I love it so much. <laughs> because I don't get to do anything and I just be around my family and be emotionally present. I think most of us need to understand it's so important. You just stop everything you do and just enjoy each other. Because we can make a life without doing, we can, we can have all the money that we want, but we never translate it into relationships. What's the point of having so much money when you cannot translate the money into relationships? Amen. Are you with me today? You know, because at the end of the day, the most important thing that Christ told us, amen, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about relationships. You know, so again, I want to encourage you. In Christ, we can have that rest. In Christ, God never, carried, never expected us to carry the burden of our significance, the burden of our fears. He never. You know, and, and, and that's something that's so crucial. You know, uh, Brother Chris talked about it. You know, last time, no, no camera on your phone. You notice that? Now you got camera, then you want to make sure that you look good. And then you do different posts. And then after that, you get the opinions of if it's a group of people, say, hey, I don't look good, take again, take again. I mean, life is so complicated. Last time you take one photo, it takes two weeks later, you develop. Then once you take already, too bad. <laughs> but you know what that tells me? Listen, folks, whatever you see on social media is an illusion. Behind that smile may not be a smile. Behind that all-together look, wow, they got a car standing there, Lamborghini. May not be his Lamborghini. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Why are we putting pressure on ourselves on this thing called social media? And the me Why do you want to even advertise your life? The more you advertise your life, the more critics you're going to get. And then you put yourself under account pressure. That I don't get it. I don't get it. What are you trying to sell? Well, I'm not trying to sell. You are. Because you're putting yourself out there. You are. Amen. And then you're wondering why I never get the rest. And some of us medicate to buying. Taobao. All those things that we buy because we are medicating a hurt that only through time that we need to sit down with God and say, why am I like that now? How many of you have you had that conversation? Why am I like that now? Why am I so such a compulsive behaviour? Why am I so compulsive in my attitude with this thing? Have you ever had that kind of fierce conversation with yourself? Why am I behaving this way, huh, Lord? What am I thinking that is off? Huh? That I need to be dealing with? Because you say you give me rest, eh? and then I don't believe that because I cannot enter rest. Eh? Because, Lord, is something wrong with me? How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Lord, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> and God will tell me this. <laughs> yeah, because remember this. Fear. When you have fear, you have a temporal insanity. 
God did not give us a spirit of fear. When you have fear, you walk in temporal insanity. You, 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 you get worried about things that you don't need to be worried about. So why are you fearful about? When Christ says, the burden of your significance and your insecurity is in mind. I died on the cross for that. Then you should have the bonus. I hope this lesson of intimacy is going to help you. And I'm going to give you exercises next week onwards. I think the next whole weeks onwards is too deep for... We're going to talk about speaking in tongues. The dimension of speaking in tongues that will help us be free. You know, there are times, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I have all those fear in me and I went into the spirit and I prayed for four hours until that thing lifts. Because it takes time. Like what I say, it takes intimacy, it takes deep, deep intercessory prayer for healing that the Holy Ghost comes upon me and root it out of me. It's not going to be a two seconds prayer. But we don't want to wait time Sitting at Jesus' feet, God, deliver this from me. Deliver this thing from me. We want it quick. And we are never delivered because you know what? I got no time for this, Lord. I got no time to deal with this. I got no time. I got my work. I got all the... And you never be free. You know, I was taught, you pray until you be free. And I pray in the Spirit a lot because I don't know how to pray. <laughs> You know, and, 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 and I, I feel that the Lord wants to give us deliverance. But it's not through your intellectual way of positive thinking. If it works, many people will be free today. Amen. Amen. So I, I want to encourage shall, shall we just lift our hands one more time? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I feel and I release rest. Lord, I release rest in this place right now. Lord, that we can always remember, God, that you are arms are open wide, God. Lord, all, all those that are here, Lord, that, Lord, we give you the burden of our, our, our insecurities, God. We give you the burden of our purpose right now. Lord, we give you the burden, Lord, of, Lord, of our significance, God, right now, God. We give you that burden. Lord, we were never meant to carry that burden. We give it to you. Lord, right now, Lord, that... Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, you're going to help us. Lord, you're going to lead us, Father. Come on, give that burden to the Lord. Come on, give that burden, that worry. Come on, just give it to Him. Amen. So that you can enjoy your present relationships. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. I know we are over time, but thank you, Brother Chris. Uh, I want you to look at somebody and tell them, God loves you. Amen. Okay. You can find safety. You can find significance in His presence. Amen. That's the rest that God is talking about. Again, so good to see every one of you. Uh, thank you, Brother Chris, for ministering to us. Amen. God bless every one of you. We're going to do this uh, every week now. Hopefully, things will open up more that we can see more people. Okay, God bless every one of you.